Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Vinylism. I'm your host, Adam Winchell, and uh, I've got Chemo with us tonight again. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good, man. Uh, scotch or? Uh, sipping a little scotch tonight. <laughs> it is a work night, but you know, I'll be okay. Uh, so we kind of threw this together. We didn't really plan for this one a whole lot, but uh, I think we wanted to do a show on Radiohead. And it is the, uh, as of tomorrow, October 2nd, it is the 20th anniversary of their album Kid A, which is unbelievable to me. This album is 20 years old now. Kid A turns 20. He's almost legal to drink in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I thought we would uh, talk about this album a bit and kind of Radiohead at the time and how we found this album and what we thought of it and kind of the whole uh, saga of this Kid A. So, Kimo, why don't you start? Well, Kid A came out of the blue, and I had no idea what to expect post-OK Computer, of course. So when I heard this record, it was like, whoa, this is different. Yeah, it's different. Very Something's di different here. Yet there's some really good standout tracks on here, like the national anthem. Rocks the boat pretty pretty well and it's got a horn section and that's impressive for for post OK computer album so and it starts out mellow with everything in its right place with the keyboards that's a great opening track it is a great opening track and sets the mood it definitely sets the mood for the entire album it's like melancholy kind of like dark kind of dehumanized even yeah, hence Kid A. Yeah. As in cloned Kid A or something. I, that's my theory. Is that what Short Tom York theory. said? I can't remember. If he's I, ever actually come out and said. But uh but real quick, before we get into the meat of this, like uh I had a friend in high school, I've told this story online quite a bit, that uh my friend Mike, who uh well we all knew the song Creep, right? It was a big hit. Uh and I think we all maybe thought that they were going to be a one-hit wonder, Radiohead. I didn't really think about them after that. And my friend had The Benz, and he was always talking about how great The Benz was, the album, their second. And uh, I heard, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, but I was listening to a lot of different stuff at the time, mostly heavier rock. And uh, I thought it was, some of it was a little too mellow for me maybe at the time. But uh, he was always talking about The Benz, and then... He got OK Computer the day it came out. So I still remember riding in the back of his car. We were getting high. And I'm hearing OK Computer for the first time and kind of perplexed by that one too. I mean, it took a few lessons to sink in, but you know, uh, long story short, became pretty obsessed with the band after that, of course. And I think I'd say it's safe to say they became one of the biggest bands in the world at that point after OK Computer, right? Yeah. They were adored by all the critics and they had all the acc accolades. Yeah. But uh, so the follow up to that was, you know, hotly anticipated. And for me, uh, 
I wasn't really hip to downloading yet. My sister was, but uh, I wasn't like seeking out all the live versions of these songs before they came out. Like all the fans were like tracking all this stuff down. Uh, I didn't hear any of this before it came out, Kid A. Not a bit of it. And I don't mean to step on your story here, but uh, I was in college at the time when this came out. I think my sophomore year of college, away from home for the first time. And I remember just buying this and being like, what the hell am I listening to, <laughs> to here? Like, I, I wasn't even really into electronic music before this, particularly. Uh, and so, yeah, Kid A, 10 tracks. What's your favorite track on here? I would say it's optimistic. Also, there were no singles from this album and there were no videos except for some little like they called them blips, like little kind of clippy things they produced to kind of hype the song, hype the album. But I believe Optimistic was released as like a promo to like maybe radio stations. So that was kind of the lead off track. I guess since it's one of the few that actually have guitars on this album. Yeah, National Anthem has creeplings of a little bit of guitars that it's are like, driven by that bass line yeah but uh, yeah like in limbo has guitars and uh optimistic how to disappear completely it's like an acoustic song there's some stuff on morning bell but you know I'd say the ratio here is like half mostly electronics and other instruments and you know half guitar songs which at the time was pretty damn controversial for a band like radiohead who was you know triple guitar and uh, I still, so actually my friend I was talking about actually hated this album and still hates it. And uh, I think a lot of my other friends did too. So it's be a little too different for them. Yeah, I was definitely taken aback when I first heard this, but then it grew on me as I listened to it more. And I think I should have just read more articles about the band, but I think they wanted to get away from the guitar sound, like totally. the rock and rambunctious music of rock. So it's definitely well, you know, departure compared to OK Computer. Sorry to interrupt you on that point. Like, you have to think they did three albums of loud guitar rock, but there are also additional three more albums of all the B sides. So all those songs totaled up. It's basically like six full albums of like heavy guitar rock. They had done that sound, you know, and they'd been touring on it for years. And uh, I think there's even some dissension in the band about what, how to go forward and what to do. And maybe uh, their other guitarist, Ed O'Brien, wanted to do like shorter kind of punchier guitar sounds. And I think other factions in the band wanted to get away from that. It would be more experimental. So they had years to do this. They had a kind of blank check from the record company and you know I think uh, the results speak for themselves it may not be everyone's cup of tea but uh, you know and there are guitar I mean I hear this leveled at the album all the time it's like a bunch of bleeps and bloops and electronic stuff but uh, there is some guitar on here to be found like uh, in limbo has like these arpeggiating guitars the track after optimistic 
but uh, something like uh, Idiotech, pretty heavy, hard electronic sound on that, heavy beats. That one definitely like took me back when I first heard it. It's like, oh, this is different. Yeah, actually, I, I'm trying to remember if I saw them perform Idiotech. They may not have performed it at Giovanni, but. They did it on Saturday Night Live. That's where I saw it, yeah. Yeah, that and National Anthem. and that Those were amazing performances. Yeah. Uh, Morning Bell on here is an amazing song. Just the interplay of the band and so dark. Uh, it's it's dark. It's, it's not as dark, dark as some of the some of the other stuff. I don't think. But uh, yeah. uh, there's this great moment where just the whole song kind of opens up and it's like this big release release of tension that you know had built up over the album. So, but yeah, um, you know, there's lots to like here. It's you know, short, compact, forty minutes album. I think it's impressive that uh, they recorded close to 30 songs for this whole thing. And I think they weren't sure if they wanted to do a double album. Uh, they ended up trimming everything down to this first batch, which was Kid A. And I think it's impressive that it's 10 tracks. It's pretty tight, you know, consistent. And it has like an emotional arc to it. Whereas I think most bands would be like, well, let's fit two, three more tracks on there. You know, let's fill up the CD more but they chose to make this kind of tight little first album experience. Yeah, it was, it became a favorite for me after a while. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's a great album experience and there's, you know, really rewards multiple listening, multiple listens too, <laughs> over time. I think this is the only album I was able to see a full concert of Radiohead. Really? No, I was in support of Amnesiac, actually. I'm yeah, sorry. same. But they, they started with everything in its right place in that. I nice. was like floored. It was a good show. Now, which pressing of this do you have? I have the 10-inch double vinyl. Uh, it says 140 grand. Re no, it's a reissue, but maybe oh, I'm looking it? at the wrong one. It's not the original UK? I... No, it was, I think it's a reissue. Oh, is it the uh, like 2008 reissue? Oh, no, I don't have that. I got the earlier one. I'm trying to look at the... I'm trying to remember which one I have. 10 inch, 10 inch, 10 inch. Is it in your discogs? I thought I put it in discogs, but I... Trying to okay, there it is. I got the 2016. Oh, that's what I have. Yeah, Excel Recordings Capital Record Records. Yeah, which sounds fairly good. I hear yeah. the original. I hear the original UK is amazing sounding, but mm. I would have had to get that imported over here, but I don't think I could afford it at the time. Yeah. And uh, I guess this being the 20th anniversary of this album this year, uh, tomorrow, and there was talk early on, maybe back in April, that the band was having meetings about what to do for the anniversary. And then now I guess they're not going to do anything unless something drops tomorrow, which would be a nice surprise. I guess we'll have to keep our ears opened. 
Yeah, I was, I mean, I was, again, I'm not sure I needed a reissue of this since, you know, just reissued in 2016. It sounds fine. Like, I'm not sure remix remaster was in order, but I really wanted to hear more from these sessions, you know, like what, how they got to this. I know they, they worked on a lot of stuff during this, the sessions for these, for this and Amnesiac. And I was hoping to hear some of that maybe someday. Yeah, hopefully they'll change your mind for the 25th. And then I guess a lot of people look at the next release, Amnesiac, as like the leftovers from this. But I think that's a pretty strong album on its own. Yeah, I really like Amnesiac. I think Kid A took a little bit more time for me to like really like the record, but I think Amnesiac was an easy listen for me. That's kind of how they build it was a return to the older sound that I remember before it came out. But uh, to me, it's almost the same ratio of electronic to guitar as Kid A, really. Like, I mean, the stuff was recorded at the same time. But uh, I also have the 2016 uh, Capital reissue of this. And it's a 45 RPM pressing. And uh, it sounds really good, actually. Like, I just had this on the other night, especially Pyramid Song. It sounds fantastic. Gosh, I love Pyramid Song. Yeah. And uh, man, Dollars and Cents, what a great track. That is a great buildup of a song. Yeah, it's another one of a great release coming close to the end. It's just, I really like how it sounds on here. Yeah, I also have the 10 inch version of this. Okay. Yeah. You have a 2016 reissue? I believe so, yes. I just have to look at it again. <laughs> yeah, to me, these aren't really leftovers as much as like, you know, this is like the next batch of songs from these sessions i mean you know to me this stuff is almost as good as what's on kid a i don't think it's as good an album experience as kid a throughout which brings me to the b-sides that i think they could have included instead of some of these because uh, this album amnesiac actually had singles and b-sides so of the b-sides i love kinetic fog worrywart and Amazing Sounds of Orgy, I think, are the strongest. And uh, Kinetic is where they sampled Miles Davis. Mixed it with, like, some electronics. Really cool song. Some synths. That definitely should have been on Amnesiac, in my opinion. This Amazing Sounds of Orgy, I think they're poking fun of the band Orgy, right? Uh, I don't know. I think they I have are. no idea what the... Well, it could be about something else. Amazing Sounds of Orgy, the great rock band who covered Blue Monday. I kind of remember them. I think I think that was what that was about. I'm not sure, but every time I saw that track title, I was like, are they making, I think they're making fun of Origin. <laughs> and for this one, uh, I was still in college and I actually did go to my friend's dorm room. He had high-speed internet. And I was trying to track down the songs from Amnesiac before they came out. I was able to find Packed Like Sardines in a Crushed Tin Box, which is the opening track, kind of electronic. And back then, I mean, back in the day, uh, sometimes you weren't sure when you downloaded stuff, like, is this for real? You know, like, is this, or is this something that someone just made? But uh, that was a real song, and uh, I did like it. It was just a, it's kind of a mellow, kind of dark opener. 
Like to me, some of this is darker than Kid A on Amnesiac, some of these tracks, but they're both pretty, pretty dark albums. I'd say, yeah, Amnesiac was a pretty dark accompaniment of Kid A. Yeah, I mean. They complement each other, I think. Kid A is a little more kind of dehumanized, which, you know, it's a little more electronic, robotic. And this one, I think, is a little more lush and you have more kind of orchestration. And I guess you had some of that on Kid A as well. But uh, yeah, man, these are great albums, both of them. And uh, I've made my own track list of everything from these sessions, 28 songs. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, pretty interesting altogether. It's a bit like the White Album of the 21st century, I think, if they had done it like that. But uh, I think pretty smart the way the band did it, doing it two separate releases. Yeah. Got two great albums out of it. So. And yeah, I, this is the first time I saw them live as for Amnesiac, and I think the summer of 2001, in uh, Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, Blossom Amphitheater, which I saw them there a couple times. They like that place, nice open air venue. And, I saw them uh, at the Greek. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. And that was a good show. You saw them multiple times. Oh, well, after that, I saw them for the Hail of the Thief tour same venue and then i saw him out here at hollywood bowl and then later santa barbara bowl so nice like hollywood bowl for hollywood bowl for in rainbows Ooh, pretty awesome nice it's october 1st can we talk about another album are we gonna fit that into real quick we could sure but then we could ramble on and on and on and <laughs> we might go ahead since you brought it up Okay, this album, October 1st, 1996, changed my life uh, for the better. And it is Tools Anima, or Anima, that radio used to pron pronounce her album title because they couldn't figure out the spelling or how to pronounce it correctly. So, Anima, Anima, Anima. I always call it anima, right? Is that, mm -hmm. is that the pronunciation? And you, didn't you buy like three or four copies of this? I bought two, like two. two vinyls and I sold one for less than 500 bucks. Wow. This was in 2008 or seven. Yeah. Excellent. I bought the first pressing and they're hard to distinguish what the first pressing compared to like the, all these later pressings but uh you have to look at if the words the spine is blurry compared to the one that's more refined i think is the fake i think or something like that so no is that two that was a two lp right yeah try to squeeze that on one yeah yeah because you have third eye which is 13 minutes long so it's yeah. on one side well, i mean it's like you know another it's like 70 minutes of music you know yeah in the cd era but uh that is like, you know, undoubtedly one of the greatest albums of the 90s of any time. And uh, that's one we listened to along with some stuff. It's interesting how, to me, listening, how Radiohead didn't really parallel Tool, like music-wise, but, you know, my interest and, like, excitement for them, like, you know, when they put something new out, it was like a big event. 
and uh just like okay computer we listened to on and on like you know every day for years my last few years of high school so that was a huge album for us yeah i uh had the opportunity to see Tool around this time several times. Uh, even before the album came out, I saw them with when they just started introducing Justin Chancellor as their new bassist after Paul D. Moore left. And uh, a friend of mine had introduced me to uh, Shepard Stevenson of Pygmy Love Circus who had auditioned for the band at the time before, right when Paul left. He's one of the auditionees amongst Justin, Marco Fox, who actually tried out for the band. Uh, there was Scott Reeder, uh, Eric Avery tried out for Tool, uh, but Justin was the right mix and they found Justin as their replacement basis. Let's say it was a good fortuitous choice too. Yeah. I remember when he had his uh, shaved head and the two horns made out of hair. That's why they hired him. Yeah, that, that, that's what sold him, was his <laughs> style. What's your favorite track on Anima? I'd say it's Third Eye. Or Push It. Push It's amazing. Eulogy's yeah, amazing. Yeah, there are some knockout songs on this record big time this is really where they started to like i think build within the song like build the atmosphere up and the groove and they're just like powerful like choruses like on the eulogy just bust in or like stink fist or any of them you know but uh yeah we really need a reissue of this <laughs> yeah probably waiting for it um nice 2lp pressing of this would be much appreciated yeah but uh man wow what a what an album can't say yeah. good about it so i may kind of prefer undertow just because it's kind of when i discovered them but still love on i still love ladder alice i mean all three of them are just amazing yeah i'd have to say that anima is my favorite tool um my number one so yeah anima 24 years old today I'll drink to that. 24. 24 years old. That's crazy too, by the way. That is. Next year will be the 25th. Maybe uh, maybe that's when the reissue will come out. Hopefully we're all, the whole planet is still alive by then. (laughs) It'll be something to look forward to. uh, Yeah, definitely. Anything else you want to say on Radiohead, on Kid Amnesiac? Um... Yeah, I uh, would have to say that OK Computer is my favorite album. Still it's my favorite, one. too. Uh, and then the Benz, but then probably the, then these two. Like, and the order kind of changes, but uh, to me, those are their best. And uh, yeah, I, I can always go back to them. Uh, there's just so much to hear on these, like so much ear candy. Yeah, definitely. So, I have to revisit these records too because it's been a while since I listened to Kid A and Jack. That was a good time. Uh, I definitely recommend to our listeners getting your hands on the 2016 vinyl reissues. Really very good sounding and well made. And, uh, it is if you can find them for a good price. They're not too expensive on here on Discogs, I'm seeing. But uh, 
especially the 45 RPM amnesiac sounds just great. I hope so. I have that. I hope I have that. <laughs> Which one you have? Uh, might have the non 45 version of it. Oh. I'm not sure. I'll have to look. Oh, what's weird is it says on Discogs that it's 33. I just had it on the other night and it's 45. Huh. So that's weird. Oh, that's an interesting. There's so many different copies of this, but uh, we got so, so much. I think that about does it for uh, this segment tonight. You know, you have any final thoughts? Keep spinning. Keep spinning. Stay, stay, stay safe, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Have a good night. Later.